0: Praise the Lord. Praise God. Amen. Aren't you glad to be in church this morning? Amen. Are you thankful for the church today. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Good to be here with you all. And uh, like what I feel, amen I'm glad that I can be in a different city miles from home and still feel the same Holy Ghost. Amen. He's the same God everywhere. Amen. Same God in Mexico. He's the same God in Florida. He's the same God in Russia, even though they don't like him much. And he's the same God in China. Amen. He's the same God here today. Amen. Good to be with you all. Amen. I feel blessed and privileged. Thank you, Brother Torres, for the honor and the opportunity to come here. And uh, I know I am probably the last thing between you and lunch. And, uh, and I'll, I'll, try to be, I'll try to behave, behave myself. And, uh, but I do understand that the seat can only endure what, well, you can only endure what the seat can endure. So if I leave you sitting too long, I'll just lose you. So I don't want to do that. Amen. Praise God. Uh, you know, I'm, I come from a desert. I live on just the other side of the state, actually. And I don't know if you know this or not, but it's, it doesn't rain all the time everywhere, just here. Um, that's, <laughs> but I, I just say that I'm from here. But um, but every once in a while we'll get the meteorologists come up and they they talk about this phenomenon. It's called an atmospheric river, and uh, and I I don't want to poke fun, but but it's an atmospheric river. When the atmosphere is just right, the conditions are just right. There's a river that settles over the area and it just rains, and it just rains and it just rains. And I know you're used to that, but but understand that today. If you could just imagine with me that this is kind of a, a weird theology, but understand that faith is a condition that if faith is in the room, and somebody mentioned it earlier today that Jesus said, "Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst." And there's, and and we've, and we're well over two or three, uh, but understand that when the conditions are right, there is a river, yes. and. And, and really, if, if you could just see it with me, that the river just flows right above your heads. Come on. You can't see it, but you can feel it. Yeah. Yeah. And if you could just lift your hands and tap into that river, I'm telling you that river will change your life. Yes. This river is a river that never changes it's 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 fathoms it's bottomless that it means that you can never find the depths to it and you can never cross all the way over it but if you can tap into that river it will change your life amen amen praise god and uh amen good to be here and i, I asked uh, i asked my wife you can all be seated amen i asked my wife if she would stand and testify And uh, she gave me the nod, so she said she would. So (laughs) I asked Sister Solom to go ahead and stand and testify today. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. He can do the same for everybody. Amen. I don't want to tell you what I used to do. I'm, I feel like Paul sometimes that I am ashamed of even speaking of those things that I'm from. Amen. But I know sometimes we might do a disservice that we wear suits and ties and look nice, but we do it for God. And, and I know exactly how it feels to be sitting in a seat, a newcomer, and looking up there saying, I could never attain to any of that. But let me tell you something that, you know, if you read the book of Gideon, if you read about the life of Gideon, thank God he does not call the equipped, but he does equip the called. So if you just step out and let God deal with you, he'll deal with you. He'll take care of you. Amen. Little by little, praise God. Praise God. Amen. Let's stand this morning. Amen. Good to be here. Good to be with friends. Good to be with brethren and uh, people of lack, precious like faith. Good to see all the visitors. Amen. You are very welcome here. Amen. And <laughs> praise God. That's all right. Amen. Amen. Welcome here. This, this, honestly, this is all about you. Amen. It's about the visitors. Praise God. Praise God. If you have your Bibles, I'll... Uh, I'll try to get to this. If we can turn to Luke chapter 15, there's a lot of times I've I've felt this in my spirit for over a few weeks now, and I always try to get away from it, but I always keep coming back to it. And um, my pastor, I talked to my pastor this morning, he said, he said, he said, bring down the house, or he said, uh, how do you say it? He said, preach the Burn, I preach a barn burn, burn, burn burner, yeah, a barn burner. But and and uh, I didn't respond to him because I didn't want to let him down. And uh, sometimes that's that Sometimes God gives me that ability. I just I don't so much feel it this way. Maybe maybe we'll see. Amen. Never know where God leads us. But I hope you've got your ears open today and willing to hear what the word of the Lord says. So let's go. It's uh, Luke chapter 15, and I'm just going to begin in verse number three and just going to read about four scriptures. It says, And he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you having an hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it? And it says, And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. And I say unto you, that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. So if you want to know what this is all about today, If you need to repent, this is all about you. Amen. I don't think he was rebuking those that don't need to repent. I believe that the church, the body that's represented here in Camas today, this morning, has already repented this morning, hopefully. And if you haven't, well, it only takes a minute. But understand, well, let's just get into it. My topic, my message, I want to talk about what does Jesus think about humanity? Amen. Brother Torres, could you pray for us this Lord morning? Lord Jesus, Father, we thank you, Lord God. thank you for, for being here with us this morning, Lord God. I ask you, God, to help us open our ears, God, and receive your precious word, oh God. God, I ask you to allow your word to change us, God. Let your word apply to each and every one of us, God. And God, I ask you to bless the man of God at this pulpit this morning, God. God, that you would have into him a full day to preach the word of God. Yes, Jesus, In the name of Jesus. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Come on, clap your hands. Come on. Can you lift your voice to the Lord this morning? Lift your voice to the Lord this morning. Come on. He's great. We love you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. Glory to you, Jesus. Praise God. Thank you for standing. You could be seated. I appreciate it. Since the beginning of time or mankind, you will notice if you read your Bible that we humans have a a propensity or a proclivity, or I don't know, I don't like, I don't try to use big words. I'm not smart, but uh, we have a tendency to classify humanity. For example, male, female. We classify black, brown, white. We classify. We, we try to categorize humanity for whatever reasons and purposes. Some may be good, some obviously not so good. And, and throughout ancient history, our history, you can see this. And, but, you know, I don't know if, if you see it much or not, and I don't know. I I look around, and I'm just going to try to gear this towards everything that I see in the house this morning. But I I can guarantee there's people in here that might know God, that have known God for a while. Maybe searched the Scriptures and maybe found out that God is, He does exactly what He says He does. When the Bible talks about that the promises of God are yes and in Him, amen, that there are people in here that they've lived in those promises, but I can also see that there's people that probably haven't experienced them or even know what the promises are, and and so you know in my mind, in in my mind that is carnal, meaning I'm just I'm flesh just like everybody else. That, I have thought say God, what do, what do you think about us? What do you think about this? What 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 do you see in this in in humanity or what do you see in what I'm doing or. Or what does God? I remember when I still even think I. I mean, I hope you pray this. I pray it. I ask God, what What am I doing in my life? Does it please you? Does Does anything in my life please you? Is there something that displeases you? And and many times I remember as uh, before I ever came uh, to to be uh, before I ever decided that I wanted to follow God, follow Jesus, be a Christian. Uh, give my life to him. I I remember asking, I said, God, what, what do you think about humanity? And, 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 and as, and as many of us, I'm, I can guarantee that many of us have ideas of what god thinks about humanity or how god views humanity and when i say humanity i mean over all of humanity every human being that is alive now and that has been alive and that will live after today until he comes back and until whatever he plans on doing after he comes back but understand that there that there is a certain categorization that god has of humanity but it's not it's not based on race. It's not based on your skin color. It's not it's not based on your gender. It's not based on it's not based on your social economic scale. It's not it's not based on how much money you've got in your wallet or how much you don't have in your wallet. And and it's not based on the cars you drive, whether you drive a nice car or you don't drive a nice car, or if you don't own a car, or if you don't own a home. It it's he does that's not how God categorizes people today. Uh, and and I will but I'm gonna tell you, he does categorize people. He does make categories for people, understand. But it, it's not based on your color. It's not based on your age. It's not based on your scholastic ability or how educated you are or not. Amen. But he does. There's two categories in that. You can find it here in Luke chapter 15 that there is uh, there, there, there is a way that God, if, if, if the simplest way to put it, how God views humanity is through two lenses or it's through... Two categories, lost, found. Lost and found. I used to think, and I still think it's true that you can read through the Bible and you can see that even there are three categories that God, and I've always taught this and preached this, that there's the Jew, there's the Gentile, okay? If you're not Jewish, meaning, well, okay, I don't want to get into all that. There was a Jew, and then there's a Gentile. If you're not a Jew, you're a Gentile. But then there's the church. And the church could be Jew or Gentile. But understand, if there was a simpler category to put it, it would be lost and found. Because even if you're a Jew, you still got to believe the same thing the church believes today. Lost or found. And and when you, when you look at it, that when you understand that it really is, In God's eyes, it is that simple. Lost or found. Now, the other word we use for found is saved. Amen. But understand there's three different words, there's three different ways we can use the word saved. I am saved. God is saving me. God has saved me. And right now, I I can tell you, I'm I mean, I'm saved. I believe I'm born again. But I can also tell you that God is in the process of saving me yes. right now. Yeah. But, until, but until I walk on streets of gold, yeah. I'm not saved. So what I do today to the day I die yeah. will determine whether I will be in the category of being lost right. or found. Oh, we read in, in Luke chapter 15, this, verse, this first parable is a parable of a lost sheep, and 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 oh my! I have I have I love Luke chapter fifteen, especially these first three parables that he gives, and I am going to try very hard not to get too deep into this, but understand that when Jesus talks to the church, and that's who he's talking to, the disciples and to those that are listening to him. He's giving a parable. A parable is a it's a it, this is a likeness to what the kingdom of heaven is like or what what it's like in the world. And and he's in the first parable he's talking about a lost sheep, a lost lamb, a lost animal. And, and it, why it's lost, we don't know. He doesn't give us the details, but, uh, we, we don't understand it, it. We know that it is a sheep. It used to be a member of the herd or, or part of the, the greater group, but, but for some reason, maybe because of its appetite, it wandered away that it has become lost. That it was found. It was, it was in the bunch. It was in the group. But now, but now through its, uh, through the process of time, it has become lost and it's wandered off. And, and, and one night or one morning, the shepherd gets up and he, and he takes stock of his sheep and he realizes one sheep is gone and, and there should be a hundred, but there's only 99 and, 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 and understand that he takes, that he leaves the 99 and he goes after the one. And and I'll tell you, I've seen it time and time again where where I've been in buildings where there's been uh, uh five people at church, and I've been in buildings where there's been thousands of people in church. And and I have watched, I have watched, I have seen as the preacher preaching a message, but will automatically or or suddenly, for no reason it seems, switch and go after one person in the audience. And I've seen it time and time again in living for God, where God, where I've seen him shift an entire, entire service to go after one person. To go after one. And the Bible says that the shepherd leaves the 99 and, and he goes after, and and it says that he finds him, the lost sheep. It says he lays it on his shoulder and he comes back and he rejoices. And, you know, again, I, I'm trying not to get too far. In, I don't want to get too far into this. I mean, it's, we've all been here a, a good amount of time. So, And I, I just I want to be respectful. But as, as the church, understand that everything we do has to do with soul winning. When it comes to being... When it comes to being a member of the church, whether you're whether you're lay ministry or whether you're the whether you're a cleaner, whether you're a youth a youth leader, a youth pastor, the pastor, the assistant pastor, the pastor's wife, the 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 children of the pastor, or does I mean I'm, you could be the assistant pastor. It doesn't matter if you sing or if you call yourself a member of the church. Amen. Everything we do is geared to getting people to go to heaven. Everything we do from the music you've heard this morning uh, to the wonderful singing you've heard this morning to the, to the good word of, uh, of uh, the Sunday school service that we have from Brother Godfrey and the, and, and the children that they're teaching down underneath in the basement. Everything is geared to winning souls. Everything is geared to getting people ready to meet God. Everything is geared to getting people ready to walk on the streets of gold. Everything. And so here you see the shepherd leaves everything and he goes after the one. He leaves the 99 and goes for the one. And, 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 and church, understand that, that it is the burden of the church to, t- to carry that one. That everybody that now I've been to places where, where everybody puts it all on the pastor. It's all the pastor's burden. It's all his burden. He's he's got to do everything. He's it's his job, and we just let him do everything. But but it, it's not supposed to be that way. I, I I see everybody's supposed to carry their load. It's like a it's a ship of Zion is what they've used to call it. And on every ship every on on the ship everybody's got an oar and everybody pulls their weight. Everybody helps make it. Everybody does the work. Amen. And it's all about saving the lost. Praise God. Praise God. In the next category, in the next parable, you'll read, uh, it's, it begins in verse number eight. Jesus says, he, he begins, so He's got the lost sheep, and now the second parable is the lost coin. Lost coin. And, and, and it's verse number eight in chapter 15 of Luke is either what woman. Having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, doth not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she find it. I was, I was privileged just recently to hold, to hold over like $60,000 in gold in my hand. Somebody had, they had made a collection of it and they're, and they're asking me to help them count it out and, and, and they have it in these stacks of $40,000. And I'm like, can I just hold one? And he's like, yeah, sure, go ahead. And I just I picked it up. I opened up the little container, poured out a couple of these gold coins. I was like, "Man, they're sure pretty." <laughs> and um, and and you know, and I think about this woman. The Bible says there's a woman in this house that has these coins, and it and it represents her whole livelihood. It represents her retirement. It represents her it, it, how she's how she survives. And 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 I'm, I'm I'm holding these coins in my hand. and I'm thinking man i would be pretty diligent not to lose a single one of these and and it's just a coin but but understand it's there's a lot of value to it and and this coin You know there's 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 there's, I know I know it seems like we're just reading these nonchalant verses but there's there's really a lot in here if you look into it the 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 verbiage and and the words that are used when it says a woman uh, you could say that means that can be deriving to the church but it also says that she's in the house and that the coin is lost in the house somewhere and 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 it's just a coin it's not a sheep a sheep has an appetite A, a sheep can wander a sheep can walk but a coin a coin doesn't know it's a coin. A coin, a coin is an inanimate object. A coin, it, it has no power over itself. It has, it really, it, it's. Uh, I've heard it said that it just, it's just sitting there on the shelf, and 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 it falls because it was bumped or because other forces outside of the coin's control make it fall off the shelf, and then it rolls once it hits the ground, and 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 it's just doing what it does because gravity is control of this coin. The coin doesn't have legs. The coin, the coin doesn't have eyes. It doesn't have a mouth, it, it, but, but it's lost and it rolls and, and it falls somewhere in the corner of this house and it sits there and it's lost in the house. See, the sheep was lost in the wilderness, but the coin is lost in the house. There's a difference in finding people who are lost in the city and bringing them to the house of God. And the church carries that burden. But there's something else about the coins that are lost in the house, in this house. You know, I, it's, it's really easy to sit back with a shotgun and, and with, that's, that's filled with buckshot or birdshot and pull the trigger and hit somebody when there's a lot of people in the room. So it's not hard to say that there's people in this room that are lost and that are saved. So it's really easy to hit everybody sometimes. But understand, when it comes to being lost in the house, these are people, uh, I don't want to get into the theology, but understand, these are people that they've sat for a long time. And they've come with mom and dad. And, and they've sat on the pew for a long time. And they pray when it's time to pray, brother. They sing when the songs are playing. They they know the songs. They they know. They know every verse. They know every word. They know every chorus. They know the bridge. They maybe they play. Maybe they play an instrument, but they sit and they and 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 they could be a young person. Usually, we use this to to. to to qualify young people getting lost in the house but but I've seen adults who can get lost in the house and 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 I I know that living for God uh and, and and in fact I'll I'll just be transparent there was a time my wife testified we've lived for God about 20 years maybe a little more maybe a little less but but I can guarantee you there was a time I I, I I never left I never left the church never went back out into the world never never felt like I really backslid but I can guarantee you that there was a time in living for God where I knew I was lost in that house where we're enough negligence and enough uh, enough not keeping stock of what I'm doing and and keeping stock and just keeping moving forward and and keeping living for God and just and keep pressing and pressing and pressing and pressing and 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 pressing in prayer and pressing and fasting and and pressing and ministering and 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 not just preaching but in helping people and doing home bible studies and praying with people and and getting involved that eventually that if you don't, if you don't maintain that, you can become lost in the house. You say, well, how long does that take? I don't know. Everybody's different. No, I'm not, I'm not here to be the judge of whether you're lost or you're found. I think everybody pretty much knows where they're at. And, and if we were to be honest, we could find ourselves. But but as the corn, understand the corn is just, it just it just rolls and it falls. And it's there. And now these parables were written in a year long before they had really nice oak wood floors. Long before, I mean, you could probably afford tile if you were very wealthy, but most of the people this day, especially somebody who only had 10 silver coins in their house, like like this woman, probably only had hard dirt floors. At, At best, maybe a couple rugs. So the Bible says she turns on the light. That's the first thing you gotta do. You got to turn the light on. If you feel like you're lost in the house today, let the light on. Bible says in the book of Psalms, and I'm I'm going to butcher it, but it talks about that the Lord is willing to work, but who and it asks the question? Who will let him? You know, right now God's trying to work in every heart, and 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 He's speaking to every person, every member, every mind, every every everybody right now. It doesn't matter who you are. He's even, you know, you know, Bible also, Paul also said that he who waters is watered also. I'm getting preached to you as the very moment that I'm preaching that, that God is unlocking things in everybody's life right now. And so, so understand that, that, but, but who will let him work? You have to let him work. You know, God is a gentleman and He's an all powerful God, but he is a gentleman. The Bible says he knocks, he stands at the door and knocks who will open. So, and so this coin, you have to let the light on, turn the light on, let the light work. the, the Bible said in Psalm chapter 119 and verses one in verse 130 says, the entrance of thy words giveth light. The entrance of the word of God brings light and it giveth understanding to the simple. This is the simplest thing to understand living for God. It is so easy. It's not complicated. It's not hard. It just starts with repentance. It's been mentioned already a couple times today. And repentance is the easiest word to understand. It just means turn around. It's an inward, I believe, Brother Torres, you said it to me this morning, that it's, a, it's an inward change of mind, but it's an outward change of direction. And, and in, the, in, the, in, you know, in the army, they, the, the command when they're marching is about face where they turn around and go. But in the old country, where we're all from, well, most of us from, if you're from, okay, the UK, in the old country, the command is repent, and they turn around. And so it's very simple. You just start living for God. You just start doing what's right. Amen. And so, and so to find this coin, and, but there's a diligence to it also. The Bible says she swept the house. And how do you sweep a dirt floor? And how, how, how meticulous do you have to be to find a coin that's lost on a floor full of dirt? Take time. Start in one corner, and you just start moving stuff. And you start moving and and you just start and it's not here and you move back and and it's like my my son he my youngest son our youngest son he loses these little toys and he's got a lot of them and 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 he's like he's looking for his favorite car and I don't know if any of you parents are out there like me and I'm like oh man I I, I gotta—it's a—it's an emergency. Got to find this car. Got to find this Hot Wheel. Got to find. And so I start looking. I start digging. I start pouring out things, and I start making a mess until I find and, and understand something. Church, it's the same way when you feel when, when you know there's people in the house that are lost. It, 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 we, we need to have a spirit about us, church, that says it's an emergency. Uh, there's there's something going on here. When it's when it's time to pray, when when there's people praying and people weeping, and and and, and if the pastor's definitely giving you permission to pray with people, and 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 you're Part of the leadership in this church or, or whatnot. If it's your if it's your spouse, if it's your child, take the moment and and act. Yes. And act and, and and get in the emergency and say, it's time to pray. It's time to seek. It's time to turn on the light. It's time to it's time. Hey, hey, do you want to go pray? Hey, let's go to the altar. Let's pray. Hey, let's 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 go talk to Jesus together. Let's pray. Amen. It's all about the lost. Praise God. And of course. She finds it eventually. That's the that's good, good side of the story. She finds the coin. The Bible says she rejoices. And, and she calls her neighbors and rejoices. And, and, you know, and, and understand, if you want to make God happy, you know, there is something. You know There is a party in heaven. And I'm not talking the futuristic party that when we all get to heaven, that there will be a party in heaven. But even today, there is a party in heaven. With the sheep, it was when one sinner repents, all of heaven rejoices. They party, they they, 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 they they give glory, they say, hallelujah, praise God, someone's, someone's turning it around, somebody's, somebody's giving their life to God, and and, and much the same here that when, when the one coin that's lost in the house is finally found, the Bible says she calls her neighbors and they get together and say, hey, rejoice with me for this one coin that I've lost, it's been found, In and it's glorious, and it's, and it's, it's revival, and, 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 it's, and it's life. Praise God. It's exciting. You want to make heaven rejoice? Repent. Make, you want to make heaven rejoice? Uh, get your life right. That's going to make God rejoice. Praise God. It's a little side note. Amen. And then the third. <clears throat> so the sheep, the coin, and I know... This is probably very familiar territory. Then we have the third one. We have the what well, what well, in your Bible, if you're in Luke chapter 15, it's probably titled the prodigal son. And so the sheep wanders off from its appetite. The corn is lost out of really just negligence. But the prodigal son, it says that he told a story, and he says, a certain man had two sons. And my pastor, he teaches this. You'll see a time when Jesus says a parable, and a parable is a parable. It's a story, fictional with a non-fictional meaning to it. But every once in a while, you do see the term a certain man. Like when he told the story of Lazarus and the beggar, that wasn't necessarily a parable. That could have been about a real man and a real beggar. And then it says, this certain man had two sons. And I wonder if he knew a man that had two sons. But anyways, it says that these two sons, one of the days, one day, whenever, through the process of time, I just use that because the Bible likes to use that terminology, because through the process of times, you'll see a lot of things happen. And, but it says, eventually it came to pass that the younger son came to the father and said, Father, I want my inheritance. Everything that's going to fall on me when you die, I would like to take it right now. Thank you. And if you understand, uh, he would get the portion that would fall to him. And I don't want to get into the portions. And it could have been just a quarter. Whoever was the firstborn would get the greater portion. And then the rest would be split up between the living siblings or the living children. so the son, the younger son, well, I'm not getting the farm. That's going to my older brother. I'm not going to get the goats. I'm not going to get the herds. I'm not going to get... Not going to get the house. That's going to my brother. And so and so, maybe, so maybe living for God begins to chide on his mind. It begins to, it begins to the tear at his spirit. And he's thinking, this is kind of a bum deal. I'm going to go ahead. I'm just going to go ahead and ask for everything that's coming to me. Thanks, Dad. I'm gonna, I, I would just like you to just give it to me in, 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 a, money, in a money form. So the Bible says he does. He, the father is a good father, and he respects his sons, and, and he divvies it out, splits it up. And it says not many days after that that the younger son takes it and he leaves. He's gone. And he was in the house. Now he's taken the blessings that the father gave him and he's left the house. And it says that it didn't take many days that he journeyed into a far country, far place. Don't see him. You don't, he, don't write, he doesn't write home. He doesn't send you a text. He doesn't, he's blocked you on Facebook, he, or she, or, and, and you don't hear from him. And it's a far country. And all the time, and it says that he wasted the substance, everything he had, on riotous living. So whatever, under his definition of riotous living, he, he took it all, and he just squandered it, sold it, or gave it away. But it didn't take long that he's, he's got these friends and he's got this money and the money and the friends are around as long as the money's around. And, but then all of a sudden the money runs out and then you get to see how many friends you've got when the money runs out. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, live a little longer and you'll figure it out. Well, live, live in the world a little longer, but if you live for God, it doesn't work that way. Thank God. Because I'm always broke and I've got friends. Thank God. But... but but understand that the Bible said that for this man, the famine arose in the land. He was out of money, no home, no food. <clears throat> there arose a mighty famine. This is verse 14. He spent all in the land and he began to be in want. I know this, is, this, this might be a hard pill to swallow for, for some of us parents or some of us in the church, but understand The famine isn't always a bad thing. It might look bad. And in fact, nobody likes going through a famine. Nobody likes being in want. Nobody likes to lay awake at night thinking, how is this going to get paid? How, 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 how am I going to get enough money to get this bill paid? Or, or man, the creditors are coming. Or, man, they're going to send me to collections. Or, man, i got to go to court. And, and nobody likes that feeling, especially when it's one of your kids that are going through it, and you're at home, and they're in a far country, and there's little you can do. But understand something, that sometimes it's the famine that is a blessing from God. Bible says in Romans, I believe it is, that, the, that it is the goodness of God that leadeth thee to repentance, right. that, that sometimes and, and oftentimes God allows things to happen in life to turn you to get your attention. I can tell you right now all the good times in my life and all the times when I was blessed and all the times uh, before I ever lived for God and all the times that, that I was on the mountain and all the times I had plenty of money, all the times I had plenty of drugs, and all the times I had plenty of friends, I never thought about God. Never worried about God. Everything's fine. I had gas in the tank, food in my belly. I had a house, and 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 I had friends, and I had a job, and 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 everything was great. Never thought about God. Didn't need God. Didn't didn't want God. Now, I knew God was there, but but I, I tell you, I I didn't need Him. Everything was fine. Everything's hunky dory. But but as as but when the famine began in my life, and and when the money began to run out, and when the friends began to desert, and when there was no more drugs, and there's no more alcohol, and there's no more uh, there's no more lasciviousness, and and, and and they're coming to take the home, and you might end up losing some kids. And, and, and when the famine's coming, I could see God turning my nose. I could see God putting a hook in me and saying, hey, 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 I'm trying to get your attention. I'm trying to wake you up. I'm trying to shake you up. I'm, I'm, trying, to, I'm trying to get you to see, hey, you need me. And I did, I needed God. But I, but I didn't just need God for a home and for food and for sustenance, though he does provide that. But I need God for peace in my life. Praise God. And so the famine. So I've heard. I've heard parents say, "Well, I don't want so and so to have to go through this. I don't want so and so to have to go through this." And 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 I don't. I don't. I don't correct anybody when they when they say stuff. And and because I've just always believed, hey, you you do you and, and and obey your pastor and 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 be a good parent. But but sometimes I've looked at my kids, and and all my kids are good. They. I mean, well. And, but I mean, let me rephrase that. My kids are living for God, and I'm thankful. Amen. And, and, but, but understand, there's, as a parent, you have to understand you have to let them go through things. Amen. And so, uh, and, and, you know, I'm, the church I come from back in eastern Oregon, there, there's a lot of backsliders that we call that, that live in our city. And, and we pray for our backsliders, and you should pray for backsliders, and you should pray for those that aren't here today, and you should pray for those that you know should be here today and those, those that should, those that would be here today or can't be here today. And and you should pray and you and if you know, if you know there's people that are struggling and, and just struggling in faith and maybe, maybe like this prodigal, they're they're taking the goods that the father has given them when they've lived in the house and they're like, Thank you, I'm gonna go live for God. I'm I don't wanna live for God. He's set everything in order and sometimes this happens that people come in and their lives a wreck and it's a mess and God puts it all back together and they say, Well, thank you very much, I'm out of here, I'm gonna go back to doing what I was doing and and and, and you know, I'm I'm you need to pray for those people. You need to pray. Say, God, bring the famine. God, God, whatever you got to do to turn them around. Say, obviously, the blessings get them going the wrong direction. So maybe, maybe you just got to get their attention, God, and, and let the famine come up. And let, let the storm arise in their life. Amen. Let the storm arise in their life to get their attention. Yeah, I know it might be a little mean. And, and I know they might get a couple bumps. And they might even lose something out of the process. But at least they'll be saved. Yes. Praise God. So the famine comes up because you could see the famine worked because he ends up feeding pigs, which for a Jew is the low of the low. They don't, they don't eat pigs. They don't touch pigs. They don't, no swine. It's just, it's, it's the part of the Jewish culture still is today to many Jews that are practicing Jews. that It's an unclean animal. And, and, and so here's this prodigal son, the son who lived in a house, blessed, wealthy, and on the good path. And, but now, now he's come to the point, the famine's come up in his life. He's out of money. He's out of friends. He has no home. And, and he needs a job, but nobody's going to hire him. And so he takes the lowest job any Jew would get, and he's feeding pigs. And, and, and not only is he feeding pigs, but the Bible says that he was so hungry that as he's feeding them the slop, he's looking at it going, man, I'm hungry. Man, that looks good. Oh, I just wanna just want a bite of this slop. And and here's where I'll tell you about sin. Sin always takes you further than you'll go. Further than you would ever imagine you would go. Sin has the propensity to take you, to take you further than you would ever want to go, hold you longer than you ever planned on staying and do more damage than you ever imagined it could do. That's sin. And that's what God wants to deliver us from because God knows lost found because those that are lost are in the, they're in the, they're, it's just like you're in the, you're in the arm, the arm bar of sin. Sin has a sin, the devil, and, and we call it the devil, we call it sin, we call it the world, we call it uh, your own flesh, and it all works together in the same, and, 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 and I'm not giving any more glory to the devil than he deserves, because he don't deserve any glory, but understand that when, when your mind and your body is locked in sin, and your world is just ravaged by doing your own thing, and doing what you want, and, and, and yeah, there's more power to us all that we can all do that, but understand, if we were all led of our own minds, we'd just find ourselves in a downward spiral. And and finally the famine comes and the son the prodigal son he looks up and he and he's starving to death. He says, why am I here? How many servants of my father's house have bread enough to spare? I'm sitting here starving. I I I left home thinking I knew better. I can do it on my own and that I can I I can I can make it and I, I can be my own man and, and more power to you if you think you can. But, but understand, and here he is, he said, but, but the servants have more bread than I've got. The servants have it better than I do and i've watched i've watched people that have left the church and and i pray for them and i talk to them on a on a regular basis sometimes and but understand eventually that distance just gets greater and greater and you don't see them as much and until you just don't see them ever again but but sometimes you'll run into them and and i've i've met men recently and i've seen them again and i say hey brother how you doing and cuz there is this is my doctrine not my doctrine my theology if they're a brother once they're always a brother now if i mean it's just I just call them brother. I'm not going to say I agree with their lifestyle, but if they're blood bud, blood bud, blood blood bot, blood, 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 and born again Christian, I just say you know I give you the benefit because my brother is always my brother, whether he does right or he does wrong, and and so I just try to give them the benefit of the doubt and let them feel like hey you're still part of the family, but I see them and and I talk to them and their mind's gone, they're they're tormented and they're thinking and and the drugs and and whatever they're in the the you know we always hit on drugs here in America because i guess america's biggest problem is drugs but it doesn't have to be drugs. It can be money. Money can be a drug. Money, money can become an idol, something that takes you away from God. I've I've known men. Uh, there's men. There's men I'm thinking of right now that aren't in the church, not not here locally, but where I'm from, and and because of money, because they just wanted more money. But 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 I've seen I've I've seen it that that the love of money is the root of all evil, and and that those men that have run after it, it's just they pierced themselves through with many sorrows. The Bible says, and and, and I've looked at their lives, and I say, hey man, wanna, and I try to I try to talk to them, and say, hey, this is our church times. Hey, you know where we're at. You know, we love you. We're praying for you. And and, and, and you kind of make this attempt to, to get a hold of them, this, uh, grab them by their arm spiritually to try to get them back in. But but it's like it's like grabbing on the sand. It just it just slips through your hands and, and 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 there's nothing you can do. And 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 you're just sitting there. And 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 this is because you'll find out in the parable of the prodigal son. That in the parable of the sheep, he leaves the sheep and he goes after the sheep. In the prodigal of the lost coin, she sweeps the house and turns on the light. But in the 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 parable of the prodigal son, he never, the father, never leaves the home to go after the son. Never. Maybe because the father knew, I've got to let him go. Oh, as much as it hurts, I've got to let him figure it out that he, he's, it's not going to work without God. He's, he's got to realize it's not going to work. And, and, and I'll be honest with you, with, with the heart of a person how, that loves souls and loves people, that it's the hardest thing to do to watch people walk out and realize that there is nothing you can do. I've, I've had people in the services, Brother Torres, I've, I, I, and I know you have too, that there have been, there have been people that come into the service and maybe there are people that have been coming for a little while, people you've been Bible studying, and you can go and you can speak a word of faith, and it will stir them, and they'll repent, and they'll pray through, and, and God will bless them, and God will put them on a seat, and God will sit them there. And sometimes you'll get the spirit of the mother. You, you know there's a lost coin in the house. You're not sure where it's at, but you turn on the light. You preach a little word, and the lost coin comes back, and, and, and you praise God for it. But then there's other times when the prodigal sons and the daughters, they're leaving, and there's nothing you can do, nothing you can say. There's nothing that'll bring them back. Their, their mind, they made up their mind a long time ago before they made up their mind, and they're just gone. <clears throat> and you got to watch them walk out. So the, you, you notice that in this, the father never leaves the house. He never, he never writes the son, at least it doesn't say he does. He never goes to say, hey, son, how you doing? Hey, son, what, how, what are you doing? I, I, but, I, but in my mind's eye, I, I am getting close to being, I am almost finished, if you're wondering. But in my mind's eye, I can see. I, 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 because again, I've, I've lived for God. I've seen a lot of backsliders and I've seen what they do, but I could see he can write letters home. Hey, big brother, how's everything on the farm? I'm having a good time living the high life. And then those letters say, ah, yeah, so-and-so did this. And -and so-and-so did that. And, and you got the older brother at home and he's looking, reading these letters, but he's being faithful and and but at the same time i don't see any i don't see brother writing letters back saying man why don't you come back hey hey you know better because sometimes people get it in their they get something stuck in their spirit that they just they just they're just they just hate the church they hate god they're mad at the church something happened something something got in their spirit something got them bitter don't don't let bitterness get in your spirit i'm i'm just going to i'm just going to follow a rabbit for a little bit but don't 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 look you're in a you're in a church full of more than 2 people so that means you're going to get offended Someone's going to say something that's going to offend you. Someone's going to say something that's going to upset you. But understand, if it's a preacher and it's in the Word of God, you need to you need to be quick to. And I say this, and, and I, I don't. You got to be quick to get over it. You got to be quick to allow it. Say, well, if it's in the Bible and the Bible says, and I'm going to believe it, and I'm going to respond accordingly and in faith. And, and and just you can't you can't you cannot avoid being offended. I, I I don't I don't know a place you can go to on the planet to on, on this planet in any time frame where you can go and not get offended. But understand something, there is no place like the church where you can come and you can hear a word that might be crossways with your spirit. It might be crossways with your heart. But with every word, everything that offends you, God will always give you a way to get over it. God will always, he will always give you a remedy to heal the hurting, to heal the bitterness, to heal the offense, to heal the mind. So be quick and find that way out. praise God. So he comes home. Hey, it's a good ending. Prodigal son, he's tired of eating swine's food. He gets up. Bible says, I will go home. I'm going to return. He goes home. And it's, it's a wonderful story. And, and the, and the Bible says, see, look, this is the spirit of the father that he's, sitting there. I don't know what time of day it was. Maybe it was early in the morning. Maybe it was the middle of the day. Maybe it was almost evening. But he's, the father's there, and he's looking out. Maybe he's looking down the road. And, and the son had made up in his mind a long time ago that he's coming home, and so he finally turns, and he starts walking back home. And the Bible says when he was yet a far off, the father just knew he's coming back. It's him. You know, it's, it's funny. Um, you, you know, I live, I live in an area, I don't, live in, I don't live in town. Well, I do live in a town, but it's a real small town. And, and you see people down the street, and you're just like, yeah, hey, I know who that is. You can tell how they're walking. You know who it is. And, and, and I just see in the father's eye that his son's coming home. And the Bible says that he ran to meet his son. It's a beautiful story. And the son grabs his father, the father grabs his son, and they begin to weep, and they begin to say, oh, Dad, it's so good to see you. And, 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 and here's, here's the first words out of the son's mouth. It says, I have sinned against God and against you. There's order in repentance. You know, when, when you repent, the Bible talks about that there is, that we do confess our sins one to another, but that doesn't mean But Brother Torres, just forgive me. I'm not going to air all my dirty laundry to you. I'm not going to tell you everything I struggle with. But when I am struggling, I, I go to my friends, and I go to elders, and I go to men, and I say, pray for me, pray for the." But understand, but first, my priority is, God, I have sinned against you. You know, and we've all offended. We're all in this boat of offending God. It doesn't matter how old you are. I mean, okay, maybe the little toddlers don't understand it so well, but but, hey, if you're, if you're 10, 11, 12 and up, I mean, it's pretty obvious that you probably understand what good and bad is. And, and so here's the son. He says, Father, I've sinned against God and against you. Just, just let me back in. Just make me a servant. And, and it's beautiful. He makes him. He says, no, you're not going to be a servant. Put the ring back on your finger. Put the best robe back on him. He's home. My son's home. And, in fact, the father says, my son who was lost yes. has been found. Praise God. And and so in all of this, I am wrapping up. Realize the father, he tells them, tells the servants, hey, my son's home. We're going to party. See, with the the lost sheep, it was all heaven rejoices. Then when the woman found the lost coin, the angels rejoiced. I'm not going to get stuck there. But when the son, when the prodigal made it home, the whole house rejoiced. Now, I'm not saying that heaven didn't still rejoice. I believe heaven still rejoiced when the son got home. But when the son came home, home had a party. The Bible says that he says, go kill the fatted calf. Go make ready. Go bring in all the servants. Go prepare. We're going to have a party. In fact, it says... <clears throat> Excuse me. Bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. And in my thinking in 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 the processes in my mind I was thinking the fatted calf. I don't know if any of you are ever into animal husbandry or taking care of animals or taking care of goats. Maybe you've got a cat, maybe you've got a dog. What happens if you overfeed your dog? It gets a little heavy. I, my mom. We had this dog. I'm trying not to. We had this little dog, little Chihuahua, and we always kept her real nice and light and thin, and and just real, real, real good weight. I gave her to my dog for. I gave her to my mom for what three weeks, and we came home and she's like a football with legs, <laughs> and and just. I mean, and that's. I mean, that's just my mom, I guess, but, but you know, it, it's the fatted calf represents. Celebration. You know, we're we're not gonna kill, we're not slaying any animal. We're not just gonna go get a goat. We're not just gonna just have a regular meal. No, we're gonna go slay the fatted calf. And I don't know if much of you are in hunting or understand how game is processed or meat is processed, but all the flavor that's in meat is derived from the fat. That everything the animal eats, whether it's grain or corn or grass, or if it's a bear, it eats berries, but sometimes it eats. Other things too and but all of the flavor a meat possesses is stored up in the fat so if you like sometimes people don't like catfish I say well because you're preparing catfish wrong it tastes real muddy because that's why they, they they feed off the bottom and they eat every all the junk that comes in off the on the bottom of the water and all of that flavor gets stored in the fat so when you when you clean catfish you're supposed to cut all that fat off and there's a mud vein and all that stuff too but let somebody else teach you to do that. But that helps the fish taste a lot better. Same thing with meat. And, and so here's the fatted calf. That this, this fatted calf, not a cow, it's a calf. It's young. It's tender. It's, it's ready. It's to be prepared. But the, the fat is what's going to, and, and in fact, when, when the meat is cooking, that's the smell that you smell is the fat burning. And, and I hope you're not a vegan, and, and I'm, not, I'm, not trying to be, I'm not trying to be too gross or anything. But understand, that's the savor that comes up out of that meat. But the fat, the fat, uh, just, just briefly, I just want to mention this, that the way you overfeed, the, the way you make an animal fat, brother, is by overfeeding it. You might give it a couple, a, a pail of grain or something every day, or, or you give it a couple of leaflets of hay or, or whatever the straw is. Uh, again, I've taken care of animals, so, so uh, I've just, I'm just doing this off of, off of just, I know, that you feed them, and then it's just enough. It's just enough to get them through the day, to get through to the next day, to when you wake up and you feed them. But every once in a while, you go give them an extra bucket of grain, give them a little extra food, and you start to feed them. Because the calf doesn't have to do a lot. The calf just sits there and eats, and eats, and eats. And so in this father's house, they're preparing. See, the calf, the fatted calf, is a promise that he's coming home. The the, the slaying of the calf, it is the hope that he's coming back, that I'm going to pray a little extra. And give this a little more, a little more time at prayer about so and so. A little more, a little more fasting. About so and so, a little more, a little more worship toward God. About so and so, a little more, just thankfulness toward God. About so and so, that that I I just I just believe I believe that it's just a little more. It's a little push. It's a little extra food. It's a little. It's it's just feeding a little more of the hope that he's coming home. The hope that she's going to make it back. The hope that my friends are are going to be saved. The hope that my coworker is going to he, he's going to get through. He's he, one of these days he's going to wake up and realize the hope that that my 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 lost loved ones my mother my father my my brother my sister my step parents my my grandparents any of my uncles my cousins the hope that one day they're going to make it one day they're going to turn and it's the hope I keep feeding it every day I'm going to feed it a little more and I'm going to feed it a little more I'm going to get that thing as fat as I can get it because the day he comes home brother we're going to have a feast uh, we're going to have a party we're going to it's going to be a party let's stand today hope keep feeding hope feed the hope feed it God's going to turn it around God's going to turn them around maybe you don't know where they're at maybe you can't see them where they're at today maybe maybe you can't get a hold of them but understand God's going to turn it around God can turn it around amen oh that's fine there is hope Bible said in in fact, in, in Job, in speaking to Job, now, if there was any man that knew hard to it, would be Job. But he says in Job chapter 14 and verse 7, for there is hope of a tree. If it be cut down, that it will sprout again. And that the tender branch thereof will not cease. Though the root thereof wax old in the earth and the stalk thereof die in the ground, yet through the scent of of water it will bud and bring forth boughs like a plant all hope can be lost this is the image this is imagery of there is no chance there everybody i'm sure we can all think of somebody say, god they're too far gone god they've gone too far god God, there's nothing you can do for them. God, they, they hate you, God. They, they, they say terrible things about the church. They say terrible things about my family. They say terrible things about you. God, they're, they're, they're even getting close to blasphemy. God, they're, they're all, all kinds of wickedness and they're doing all these kinds of things. And, and it looks like a terrible, hopeless situation, but through the scent of water. You are the one thing in their life that gives them any hope that if they just turn... They'll find it. I've, I've told the church before. I said, as long as there's breath, there's hope. I don't care how far their mind is. Even if they have got dementia and and they've got Alzheimer's, as long as there's breath, there's still hope. Amen. It's going to ask. Uh, I don't know how exactly how we would close this, but but understand. Let's. I ask you, the altars are open. If you want to pray, if you got someone you want to pray for, if you want to come pray, the church will pray with you. We want to ask God to help us. We want to keep hope alive. I feel like this is a church that keeps hope alive. I feel like we're in a place today that believes in the impossible. I believe that we are a people, that there is a people gathered here today in Camas at Eastgate that believe God for the impossible, that believe God can do the impossible, that not, not only the improbable, but the impossible, the, the impossible situation, those things that, that God, it, it looks like it, it, it'll never come to pass that, that there's hope in this place today. If you want to come pray, you can come pray. If you want to come ask God, say, God, one more time, I, I'm going to come to you about so-and-so. God, I want you to God. I want you to reach out to my son God wants to reach out to my daughter God I want you to reach out to my friend God I want want you to reach out to brother so-and-so God, would you just one more time touch sister so-and-so God, would you just one more time touch my uncle God, would you just one more time just get a hold of them God, one more time show them your grace God, one more time just show them your glory God, one more time would you just help them God, help them to see you God, help them to see. God, help them to believe. God, help them to repent. God, help them turn around. God, help them to turn around. God, help get a hold of them. Jesus, come on, we believe you for the impossible. God, that you can do the impossible, Jesus. God, anything is possible. God, through you, anything is possible yes Jesus I believe you Jesus I believe you God, I, God I'm sorry for what I've done God I'm sorry for the things I've said God I'm sorry for the times of my unbelief God I'm sorry for the times when I, when I doubted God for the times that I doubted in your power God for the times that I didn't think that you could do the miraculous God, forgive me. God, I, God restore me. God, would you bring me back? God, would you bring my mind back to a place where I can believe you? Oh, come on, we believe you for Jesus. We believe you. God, would you cleanse me? Lord, I want to be washed today. Jesus, we love you.